all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. And good morning. From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy for Women, the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. I'm Dr. Michelle Owen, specialist in maternal fetal medicine and OBGYN at UMMC. Today's topic, immunizations, vaccines, the dreaded shots. What are the benefits? What are the risks? Are they really just for kids? Today, we invite you to ask questions, share your comments and experiences with us by calling 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464 or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. As always, we also invite you to ask any health-related questions you may have. This is Southern Remedy for Women from MPB Think Radio. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Lakshmi Singh. The impact of the U.K. vote to exit the European Union is having a ripple effect on major markets worldwide. Wall Street is certainly taking a hit. The Dow is down 450 points at 17,560. All major market indices are down 2.5 to over 3%. NPR's John Itzi reports the outcome of the Brexit referendum is fueling fears that the global economy will be hurt. Most economists believe growth in the U.K. will suffer and the economy of the EU will be hurt as well. It's expected the U.S. economy will be affected negatively, too. Federal Reserve Chair Janet Yellen has said the economic repercussions will be significant and lead to uncertainty and volatility in financial markets. Indeed, stock markets have fallen sharply today, and the British pound dropped to a 31-year low against the dollar. The strengthening dollar will put more pressure on U.S. exporters. Their products will be more expensive for customers in the U.K. and the E.U., which could depress U.S. exports and hurt U.S. growth. John Itzti, NPR News, Washington. The Prime Minister of Britain plans to step down this October now that the majority of voters in the U.K. have decided to leave the European Union. David Cameron told reporters outside 10 Downing Street today that fresh leadership is needed. Bernie Sanders says he'll vote for Hillary Clinton for president. The senator from Vermont says he'll do all he can to make sure Republican Donald Trump doesn't get to the White House. But Sanders tells MSNBC his campaign still intends to push a more progressive platform at the national convention. What I also know is we're bringing 1,900 delegates into the uh, convention, that we have received 13 million votes, and that what I am going to be doing right now, and I'm starting this afternoon, heading up to Syracuse uh, for uh, an event this evening, is we are, we are going to be urging millions of people to get involved in the political process. President Obama is designating a new national monument at the birthplace of the modern gay rights movement. NPR Scott Horsley reports a new Stonewall monument in New York City is a first addition to the national park system highlighting the history of the LGBT community. The monument includes about eight acres in New York's Greenwich Village, including the Stonewall Inn, a bar where gay patrons fought back against police persecution in 1969, an event that's widely seen as a watershed in the campaign for LGBT rights. 
In his second inaugural address, President Obama noted the significance of Stonewall in the same breath as Selma and Seneca Falls, weaving the campaign for gay rights into the broader tapestry of civil rights. Designation of the monument comes just days before the first anniversary of the 2015 Supreme Court ruling that made same-sex marriage legal in all 50 states. Scott Horsley, NPR News, Washington. Dow is down more than 2.5%. This is NPR. The president of South Africa has lost his latest legal battle to throw out corruption charges against him. The high court in Pretoria ruled Jacob Zuma had no grounds to appeal an earlier court ruling that the hundreds of charges against him be reinstated. Zuma is so far resisting mounting pressure to resign. The World Health Organization is launching an emergency vaccination campaign in Democratic Republic of Congo to stop a yellow fever outbreak. NPR's Michaeline Duclef reports officials are worried the disease could spread quickly. So far, the outbreak has spread from Angola into Congo. There have been about 4,000 cases, and nearly 1,000 have occurred in Congo's capital of Kinshasa. WHO says there are big challenges to stopping this outbreak. There's little money available, and there's a limited supply of the vaccine. WHO keeps an emergency stockpile of the vaccine with about 6 million doses. That may not be enough if yellow fever spreads to another city. WHO is trying to get manufacturers to produce more vaccine, and it is also considering using a lower dose to stretch the stockpile further. Michaeline Ducleff, NPR News. Syrian opposition activists are reporting that ISIS militants have detained roughly 900 Kurdish civilians in the northern Syrian province of Aleppo in recent weeks. The Britain-based Syrian Observatory for Human Rights tells the Associated Press that Kurds were detained in retaliation for an offensive on Minbij, which is under ISIS control. Dow is down 2.5% at 17,540. I'm Lakshmi Singh, NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include the estate of Eric Robert Gustafson, member of the graduating class of 1955 from Lincoln High School in Seattle, whose bequest seeks to help NPR further its mission to work with member stations to create a more informed public. Catch up on past episodes and hear any of the MPB programs you've missed on the MPB Public Radio app. Available on iTunes and Google Play. Listen live to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio. Search MPB Public Radio. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm Terry Gross. Listen to Fresh Air weekdays at 3 on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to women at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. And good morning. We are here at Southern Remedy for Women. Uh, the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. I'm Dr. Michelle Owens, a maternal fetal medicine specialist in OBGYN at UMMC. And today we are going to tackle the very vexing topic of immunizations um, and vaccines. 
I know that this has been discussed quite a bit, um, both in the political arena, but also in the health arena. There are some really great benefits to vaccinations. Um, there are also some risks. Uh, and we just wanted to kind of talk about this. You know, we've uh, been talking about taking MPB on the road and having an opportunity to show our appreciation for um, the people who support uh, this radio station and our programming. And while I was in attendance at one of those events, um, there was actually a, a listener who is also a supporter who came up to me and said, oh, Dr. Owens, one thing that you need to talk about that I haven't heard discussed on your show yet is the issue of um, vaccines, vaccinations uh, for adults and to talk about some of the uh, options that are available and the recommendations. And so this is um, this is actually coming from the listening audience and was a special request to be done. We had not uh, up to this point done a, a show dedicated to this topic. And so um, for that listener, I hope you're listening today and you know that um, I made good on my promise. And so this one is for you and for everybody else out there. And we're hoping to get some really good information out to you guys. Let me go ahead and uh, just start by giving out the phone number. It's one eight seven seven mpb ring So if you want to give a call, it's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 If you don't have access to a phone... And you do have access to a computer if you're listening to us online uh, through the app or if you're live streaming, then you can send us an email to women at mpbonline.org. Um, and we would love to hear from you. Questions, comments, um, any particular experiences that you would like to share. And otherwise, we're just going to um, try to get some information out. Um, there's a lot of discussion about, um, and our phones are actually already lighting up, there's a lot of discussion about what the uh, benefits are for vaccines. And of course, um, if the vaccines work, um, then they do protect the individual who is given the vaccine. Um, they protect them from whatever it is that they're being immunized against. Um, in most instances, you know, with the flu shot, it's a little different because um, it tries to cover the most common types of flu. So in some vaccines, you can get a vaccine and you can still end up with the flu if you get the flu shot. But A, it's supposed to be a lot less virulent. So it's not supposed to be make you as sick and you're supposed to recover a little bit faster and better if you've been vaccinated. Um, but it doesn't always eradicate the disease, but it does make you at least more able to fight off a disease if you get it. Um, and then for some, you don't expect to get them at all. Like you don't expect to get chicken pox if you've gotten the chicken pox vaccine um, because it does confer immunity. So that's one of the benefits. Um, the other is that there are indirect benefits to receiving um, vaccinations. And that specifically lends itself to this concept of what many people refer to as herd immunity. And so it's kind of like, even for those individuals who may be within a population who either A, can't be vaccinated or have not been vaccinated, if the majority of people around them are vaccinated, then that in turn confers a protective benefit to individuals within the population who may not have also 
uh, received the vaccine or who may not have been vaccinated. So it works directly on the individual to whom the vaccine is given. And then there are some indirect effects and benefits for even those people who are unvaccinated within um, within the general population. So um, this is really important on a public health scale. It's important on an individual health scale. And um, hopefully we'll get a chance to to kind of make that a little bit more clear and talk a little bit more about it. But um, we have a caller on the line. And so at this time, I'd like to go to Olivia, who's calling us from Flora. Good morning, Olivia. Good morning, doctor. My question is this. Uh, has the price of the single shingles shot come down? Last I checked a couple of years ago, it was $200. And uh, can you use Medicare to get that shot? Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for your question. So, Olivia, um, I will be the first to admit that the that. I don't always know the exact prices of vaccines, and that can vary depending on where it is that you are receiving the vaccines. Um, it's just kind of like going from one pharmacy to another, how the price of a medication may um, vary or fluctuate based on where you are, and then also um, any additional coverages that you may have. Now, the last I heard is that Medicare did offer coverage for the shingles vaccine, and that's relatively new. But what I will tell you is that I would double check that. And the good thing is that you can always call if you have a question. Um, you can call the number on the back of the card, and they can give you information about how much coverage is provided and if it's fully covered. And sometimes they can even give you a little bit more information about where you where you might go to receive the service. But at last I knew it was covered by Medicare and that was a relatively recent um, development. But you know, those things change, coverages change um, from season to season sometimes it seems. So I would always encourage that before you act on that, that you would call to confirm because they, they can very easily let you know if they're covered services. But thank you so much for raising that. And it's interesting that that was the first call because um, the the listener that I made reference to earlier actually was a person who wanted to bring more awareness to the availability of the shingles shot and what a difference it can make for our older population. As people age, um, the incidence of shingles goes up. We also see it in some people who are immunocompromised. And so for those of you in our listening audience who don't know what shingles is, it's a variation of the uh, chickenpox virus. And so um, if you get reactivation of that virus, then that virus can cause a very painful um, vesicular eruption. So there's these little bitty vesicles that are like blisters. Um, and it's an excruciatingly painful process for anybody who's suffered with shingles or who, who um, knows someone who's had shingles. It's exceptionally painful. Now, most of us remember chickenpox as being really itchy, but not so much painful. But this reactivation of that same virus can come back in a very different way in our older population. Sometimes pregnant women get it. Um, and shingles is a it's terrible. And so um, that is one of the vaccines that uh, our older population, which is why I guess Medicare is uh, handling coverage for that. 
but that our older population is more vulnerable to and vaccines can actually prevent or vaccination can actually prevent or decrease the likelihood that you will have a, a shingles outbreak. So thanks so much for that for a number of reasons. Thank you for your program as well as your answer. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks. All right. And since we've got another caller on the line, we can go right on ahead and continue with Timothy, who's calling from. So it says L.A. I'm assuming that's Louisiana. But if he's calling from Los Angeles, that's awesome, too. So good morning, Timothy. How are you? Good morning to you. And I really enjoy y'all that y'all have this kind of stuff on. Fantastic. Uh, I live in Louisiana. <laughs> I listen to MPB because it's done runs so well. Louisiana is the L.A. of the South, Timothy. We'll take that. Oh, ma'am, I lived in Los Angeles. I tell you, it is not the L.A. of the South. <laughs> Nothing can compare to that crazy place. So what's your question? Um, immunization, uh, you know, like if you're traveling to the third world, there are a series of shots you're supposed to get, right? Yes. And I'm concerned about compromised liver due to hep C exposure and perhaps um, you know, just in general, is this something I should be concerned about um, when traveling? You know, when can I can I get my shots required for travel? So, without, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Without concern for my liver. So. Um, Timothy, you should, so it depends on where you're traveling and what vaccines that you're getting, but mm -hmm. there is very little, um, I can't think of any right off the top of my head, and you'd have to double check on where it is that you're going, but um, there's not usually hepatitis C by itself is not a contraindication to vaccination. So okay. um, even, even the one you were just mentioning, the, um, the uh, chicken pox uh, slash... Um, um, hives kind of thing, or what? With, you, you mean it? with shingles? Shingles, yeah. Yeah, you should still be able to get the shingles. You should still be able to get that vaccine as well. Okay. Hepatitis, right. and and the biggest thing for uh, contraindications to vaccines is whether or not, like, for people who are severely immunocompromised, that is a problem. So if you have something that, for whatever reason, suppresses your immune system. Mm -hmm. then um, that's really what you have to be concerned about. Um, the The vaccination process really revs up your immune system or your immunity and should not pose a threat or a risk to your liver function unless okay. there's some process with your liver that has left you profoundly immunocompromised. Okay. So liver transplant patients, um, people of that are in that special category, I'd be yes. much more concerned about. But anytime that you have any other medical complications, you can always check with your provider to be sure. And you can also go online and check with the CDC website. And they have recommendations, contraindications listed for um, people who have medical complications and for all of the vaccines. So it's something that you could also, you could research yourself or you could also uh, make sure that you ask your provider. But don't allow, so hepatitis C is um, a very unique disorder. It's very common, but it is amazing the work that has been done in therapy for hepatitis C. And so now what used to be something that was very difficult for people to live with 
and had a pretty bleak prognosis and people had to consider living with this all their lives, they're getting really good cure rates with the newer therapies. So I don't know if you've been evaluated by a physician lately and if they have determined whether or not you might be a candidate for therapy, but if you haven't considered that in a while, definitely consider looking into that because there may be some newer therapies that are available to you that might actually give you a chance to have a cure from your disease. I, I, unfortunately, I am um, economically in bad shape. And uh, it, apparently, Louisiana, uh, when they didn't take any of the federal money, um, I can't get it under Medicaid, Medi-Cal. I mean, Medicaid, Medicare, you know, so mm-hmm. I'm like out of luck. So well, I'm, I'm, you know what, Timothy, That's that actually might be changing in Louisiana, too. Because uh-huh. you also have um, new leadership, yeah. and there, and so I've got some good friends that are in healthcare over there, and things are changing. So just be aware that what has been up to this point may not always be, and so there may be some some very interesting and positive changes for your particular situation coming down the pike uh, with respect to. Um, additional assistance for people who are struggling economically with respect to issues related to health care. So thanks so much for your call. Um, I think it's probably about time for us to go ahead and take a break. So um, again, this is Dr. Michelle Owens. We're here at Southern Remedy for Women, and we'll be back to go ahead with our next segment coming up soon. We're talking about vaccines. Support for MPB comes from Grammy Museum Mississippi, offering free admission and a pass to a world of intimate performances, lectures, and events for members. Information on planning a visit or becoming a member at grammymuseumms.org. I'm Peter O'Dowd. Sally Krawcheck was once known as the most powerful woman on Wall Street. Now she started a new business to close the gender investment gap. We're facing a retirement savings crisis in this country, and if you actually dig through the numbers, it is in large part a women's crisis. Sally Krawcheck, next time on Here and Now. Today at noon on MPB Think Radio. Mississippi Public Broadcasting presents Wild About Learning, a family fun day, Saturday, June 25th from 9 till 2 at the Jackson Convention Complex. Meet your favorite PBS and MPB characters, Peg Plus Cat, Ed Said, and more. Enjoy many hands-on learning activities and resources. Sign up for this free community event at mpbonline.org slash summer learning. Made possible by a ready-to-learn grant provided by the U.S. Department of Education to the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Hi, I'm Scott Beretta, host of the Highway 61 radio show. I'd like to invite you to visit Mississippi, where the blues is alive and well. From juke joints to festivals, you'll see, hear, and feel the real deal. This is the birthplace of America's music, blues, country, gospel, rock and roll. You can trace that signature rhythm throughout Mississippi along our historic blues trail. Visit msbluestrail.org to plan your trip, and don't forget to stop for hot tamales. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. 
You're listening to Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to women at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. And we're back at Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Dr. Michelle Owen, specialist in maternal fetal medicine and OBGYN at UMMC. And today we are talking about immunizations, vaccines. We're talking about risks. We're talking about benefits. Um, We're finding out that they're not just for kids. So if you are on the adult side and you thought it was just for kids, then we encourage you to talk to your health care provider. Share your comments and experiences with us this morning by giving us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one 877-672-7464 or you can drop us an email at women at mpbonline.org um, if you want to send me a tweet you can send me a tweet at Dr. Michelle Owens and we'll share that uh, on the air as well um, and also if there are any just general health related questions that you wanted to ask you can always feel free to do that um, but we're going to go ahead and move right along um, one of the things that um, where, not, where are all your friends today? Where uh, are Dr. my Owens? friends? Yeah. You oh usually have uh, oh, Karen's usually in there, and uh, Dr. Brown's usually in there. You're... So so Karen is a little under the weather today, and so um, I am the lone wolf today on the mic, um, <laughs> and Dr. Brown wasn't able to be with us either, so um, we're just kind of... The show is just going on. Yeah, but and that's good on our, you for... We uh, miss our two friends. That's good on you for, for picking up this topic, too, because that was a quick turnaround. We we uh, we saw those uh, the person you're ta- uh, speaking about last Thursday. Yeah. And so a week happens, and you're on it. Yeah, I was just trying to... Well, you know, trying to be responsive. Give the people what they want. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> All right. So um, go, moving on, uh, one of the things that I wanted to make sure that we talked about, and I mentioned before, that there are benefits to vaccines. There are also risks. Um, and we, I wanted to take the time to kind of talk about um, both the pros and the cons of uh, vaccines. And um, I think, you know, one of the things that we endeavor to do in this show is to make sure that people get uh, good sound information that they can use to kind of help them to make um good medical decisions and so that they can perhaps get information that they didn't know or um, possibly even um, get more information about things that they felt like they knew pretty well. We want to make sure people stay up to date and that they also get the full picture. Um, so when we talk about why vaccines are good, like why, the first question, well, why, why to vaccinate? Why would you? Um, first of course they actually save lives they they save the lives of children um, and they also save the lives of adults because um, when you think about influenza or pneumonia um, while little children are susceptible um, especially vulnerable uh, when you think about their immune systems because they haven't been exposed to very many things vaccines definitely save the lives of children but they especially um, can save the lives of uh, older adults and people who may be uh, slightly more susceptible to infections um, because we are as we age. So I think that's one of the good reasons um, and one of the good things that we know that vaccines do. Um, another 
another good thing is that um, they are they're relatively safe. And when I say that, it's not to say that they don't have side effects because any medication, any therapy that we take into our bodies um, have side effects. And um, and it may vary from one person to the next what those are and how they are manifested. But um, when you think about the risks and the benefits, um, the risks typically are outweighed by the benefits of vaccines. And um, again, that's because these are tested. They go through a very rigorous process with a national body to ensure the safety and then from there, that's before they're ever released to be used um, on the public. So, you know, the whole process of um, getting medications approved to be used in humans, vaccines go through a similar, very rigorous process to make sure that um, they are safe and that they are effective in preventing whatever it is that they are, are targeted to do. Um, so... Well, I was going to go to the phone lines, but um, it seems like we've lost uh, our caller. So hopefully, I think it was Susan um, if or Sonia. Sonia. So Sonia, if, you, um, if we got disconnected accidentally, then uh, hopefully you'll give us a call back. Um, we'd be happy to take your comment or your question. Um, so I guess we'll just keep rolling. Um, the next is... Um, Another reason, another positive for vaccines um, is that adverse reactions are extremely rare. And I think that goes again to the fact that uh, about the, the not only the effectiveness of vaccines, but also the safety um, factor. Uh, the most common side effects that we see when people get uh, vaccines, which we said it's their side effects to every uh, therapy that we take, um, if you talk about the severe allergic reaction, like that anaphylactic reaction or a very, very bad, like critical um, allergic reaction, actually only occurs in one per several hundred thousand to one per million vaccines. Okay, so that's exceptionally rare considering the, um, the number of vaccines that are actually administered. You are more likely to have to be struck by lightning than to actually have a severe allergic reaction to a measles vaccine. Um, so when you think about that, most of us are walking around haven't been struck by lightning, thankfully, and most of us haven't had a severe reaction. Now it doesn't mean that no one will, but it is exceptionally rare. Um, we talked about the benefit of herd immunity. I'm just kind of running down the few little um, notes that I made. And um, the other thing is that there's the unintended consequence of saving time and money. Um, as a mother of three children, um, when your children are ill or when you are ill, then that is time that a, they can't go to school, and if you're a parent of small children as I am, you also many times can't go to work. So um, by keeping people healthy and living healthier lives across the board, um, we then 
save time. We have more time to do things that we want to do and to participate in other activities, whether it's work or even play. Um, but also there is a financial benefit to that as well because you don't lose revenue or you don't lose the time that you would have, the wages that you would earn at work because you actually can be there. So um, the other unintended economic benefits that come along with that by keeping people healthy is another, um, I guess, positive thing about vaccines. Um, the other thing is, and, and I think about this, this very personal, because I, now that I have children, I always think about, well, what about the future? And, you know, vaccines actually convey protection, you know, for future generations. And that I know because I participate in this in my own uh, practice where we give vaccines to mothers. So there are some vaccines that are safe in pregnancy. And in my practice, we offer vaccinations to moms so that they can confer their immunity to their, at that time, unborn child or unborn children, depending on how many they have in their belly at the time, um, so that when those babies are born, they have the benefit of protection from their mom. And so it's like an, an additional investment in the, in your child's future by being able to pass on a little bit of what you've been exposed to. Imagine if you could somehow manage to pass on a little bit of the wisdom or a few of the experiences and what you learned from them to your children without them having to go through it. So even if it's something that you've been exposed to or an illness that you had, or even if it's a vaccine, an illness that you didn't have to have, but you could manage to not only protect yourself, but be able to protect your child. What a great gift that is to be able to give to your child even before they're here. So um, we are taking questions and calls at one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. phone calls emails are welcome women at mpbonline.org we're going to go take a quick break and come back to uh hopefully full phone lines we'll be waiting for your call want you to share your experiences and your stories with us um and we will be right back MPB Think Radio is your voice for Mississippi. If you or your community has an event coming up and you'd like help spreading the word, send us an email You've got mail. to PSA at mpbonline.org. Catch up on past episodes and hear any of the MPB programs you've missed on the MPB Public Radio app. Available on iTunes and Google Play. Listen live to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio. Search MPB Public Radio. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. 
Mississippi Public Broadcasting presents Wild About Learning, a family fun day, Saturday, June 25th from 9 till 2 at the Jackson Convention Complex. Meet your favorite PBS and MPB characters, Peg Plus Cat, Ed Said, and more. Enjoy many hands-on learning activities and resources. Sign up for this free community event at mpbonline.org slash summer learning. Made possible by a ready-to-learn grant provided by the U.S. Department of Education to the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Hi, I'm Scott Beretta, host of the Highway 61 radio show. I'd like to invite you to visit Mississippi, where the blues is alive and well. From juke joints to festivals, you'll see, hear, and feel the real deal. This is the birthplace of America's music, blues, country, gospel, rock and roll. You can trace that signature rhythm throughout Mississippi along our historic blues trail. Visit msbluestrail.org to plan your trip, and don't forget to stop for hot tamales. I'm Peter O'Dowd. Sally Krawcheck was once known as the most powerful woman on Wall Street. Now she started a new business to close the gender investment gap. We're facing a retirement savings crisis in this country. And if you actually dig through the numbers, it is in large part a women's crisis. Sally Krawcheck, next time on Here and Now. Today at noon on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. You're listening to Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to women at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. You're listening to Southern Remedy for Women, the show about women's health. We're giving you a woman's perspective. We also give you men's perspective sometimes if you want it. We'll give you anybody's perspective. Um, We're talking about vaccines today. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Owens. And um, we have been talking about uh, some of the benefits of uh, vaccinations. And we still have yet to um, discuss a little bit about Um, some of the risks, because I think it's important that people are aware of those as well. Um, And we are going to take a little bit of time before the end of the show to also address what the the recommendations are for uh, immunizations and vaccines for adults, because this is not something that's just for kids. Um, But right now, we have a caller on the line, and we're going to go to Lee, who's calling us from Van Cleve. And good morning, Lee. Hello, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. What's your question? Well, I'm a veteran, and I go to the Biloxi VA for all my uh, medical needs, and I just want to add that I've had nothing but fantastic service out there with the VA and Biloxi. It's, I don't know why all the veterans got all these negative stories. I've had nothing but positive stories. But my question for you is uh, um, vaccines for things like flu and all these other things that keep popping up. Are those things at my age to 70, are those things that I need to, you know, take down there because I have them available to me if I want them? And I'm just curious, at this age, do I still need that kind of stuff? Lee, that is a great question, and the answer to that question is absolutely. Um, first of all, I would like to say, though, thank you so much for your service. Um, freedom is definitely not free. 
and we appreciate so much the men and women of the armed services and armed forces who actually do risk their life and limb in order to keep us safe. So thank you very much for that. Um, and it's great to hear that you're getting good care at the VA. I think so often people talk about the things that are wrong and we don't hear enough about the good things um, that people are doing. So hopefully you're someone who is either getting care at that VA or who works at that VA actually has heard what you said. And it's good to know that people are still doing what they need to do to take care of, um, of our veterans. But absolutely, at 70, um, your immune system has obviously served you well because you're still here. But if you think about it, it's exposed to so many different things throughout um, a day. And as you get older, our ability to fight off infections, is it doesn't stay as robust as it is in our younger years. So if you have the opportunity to receive these vaccines, and as a matter of fact, flu vaccines are recommended for um, for elderly people, they're recommended for all age groups, but especially in the elderly, because when people who are above the age of 60 or 65, and then some people who also have other medical problems like diabetes and other things that make them a little bit more susceptible to infections, if you actually get that particular, if you get flu or if you get uh, pneumonia, for example, your body may not be able to fight it off as well. And we know that older patients tend to succumb to those kinds of infections more readily than younger people do. So the answer to your question is absolutely for you and for all of the folks in our listening audience who are like you and that folks who are in that age range, definitely, especially for people after the age of 60 to 65, it's very important that you take advantage of those immunizations in order to help prevent you from having a life-threatening illness. I, have is I know that they had some outbreaks of measles and a couple other childhood uh, diseases in upper Mississippi. And uh, is that something that I should, I have no records that go back to when I was, you know, the age of measles, and I don't know if I had them or not. Well, you know, some of the, so if you were born before 1957, I think the, um, recommendations are that those people are are considered immune, but there are certain circumstances in which it may be recommended that you get them. But I think for the most part, if the guidelines are that if you're, if you were born before 1957, you're considered immune and you wouldn't need any additional. Um, but for someone like, for example, in my age group, the recommendations are that, um, people do continue to get them. I had to, I know I had to get a, a booster shot, um, and there was an outbreak uh, of um, measles around the time when I was in college, and we ended up getting another booster as well. But I think prior to 57, they say that you're considered immune. But I think as part of your routine care, that there should be a conversation with your health care provider always include immunizations. We talk about blood pressures, we talk about diabetes, we talk about all those other things, and it's very important to include a conversation about immunizations as well. Don't let that fall off of your radar because as we age, we become more vulnerable. What about what about the chicken pox? That's another one that I don't know if I had it or I didn't have it. Is there a 
vaccination for chickenpox? So it's it's so there is a a chickenpox vaccine, but it's just zoster is what um you would probably get. And for you, it's not really so much about chickenpox as it is about prevention of shingles. Well, I, I heard that on your program mm-hmm. here, uh, several weeks ago that. Uh, that's one of the things that happens after you have chicken pox is you may develop shingles. I definitely don't want those. Yeah, but so that but the zoster vaccine um, that would prevent uh, shingles would be the thing that you should that you should seek out. But thank you so much for, again for your service and also for your call. Um, moving right along, we're going to go to Allie, who's calling us from Madison. Good morning, Allie. Well, hey there, Doctor Owens. Oh, well, hey, how are you? What's your question? Question, comment? Well, I, first of all, I feel like your last caller might be taking my job away as your sassy occasional co-host. <laughs> Dr. Brown, what's going on with you? <laughs> he has a lot to contribute and a lot more than, than I ever do, so I'm, I'm just feeling a little neglected over here. But uh, I just wanted, and he was talking a little bit what I was going to kind of ask for you to talk about and something you know very well about maintenance vaccines, just sort of like for normal healthcare type vaccines, especially with women's health, you know, when I remember when I was pregnant with my boys, you know, going to see for my initial checkup and having to talk about my vaccinations and things like that. Like when you're planning to have a baby, which I certainly am not, what are some things that you want to think about regarding vaccines that you've had in the past and or haven't had in the past? So, um, that's a really good question. I think um, what you said before was really key. The concept of um, when you're planning to have a child, um, because that would then also lead you to believe that you have not yet become pregnant. Because we'd like for people to plan it before they actually become pregnant. Um, because then you actually have the opportunity to do some things that you can't do once you're pregnant that could also help to prevent some uh, issues that could be life-threatening potentially for babies um, should moms become uh, infected during pregnancy. And and it's interesting because we just got through talking about um, about zoster and the chickenpox vaccine is one of those. And I will tell you just from personal experience, I've had three patients who have been exposed to um, chickenpox who were not immune, so they had never had chickenpox and were not vaccinated, and that is not a vaccine that we can give in pregnancy. And I've had three women who have uh, been exposed that actually sought medical care. I'm sure there have probably been more, but regrettably, one of those actually resulted in a woman who unfortunately lost her baby just by getting chicken chickenpox um, late in pregnancy. She developed chickenpox, her water broke, she had a baby, and that baby was infected and subsequently died. And that just is being illustrative. Um, a lot of times when you are exposed to a virus, many people don't know, um, but in the event that a pregnant woman is ever exposed to chickenpox, it's very important that she seek medical attention quickly. Um, for the other two, they had been exposed in a time frame where we were actually able to give them some antibodies through their IV to be able to prevent them 
from developing a huge infection and we were actually able to have, they were able to carry their pregnancy successfully. That is exceptionally rare. Um, but I think well, I'm glad you're bringing that up because I think people think about chickenpox as being like nothing. Yeah. They, they think it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. They're going to get that sick. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not. If you have, if if you are a pregnant woman and you are either, if you've never had chickenpox and you hadn't had the vaccine before you become pregnant, you really need to stay away from uh, anybody that has chickenpox. So that would be first. Um, immunizations that you can get in pregnancy that are safe. Um, flu shots are fine. Uh, you can also, uh, there are recommendations that the tetanus, diphtheria, and pertussis combined vaccine, that every woman receive that shot in every pregnancy. So um, we always make sure, and it's usually offered between 27 and 36 weeks of gestation. If you don't get it before you deliver, then you should get it immediately after delivery. So um, that's another one that is part of the standard routine care so every woman should get that, and we do that, again, to protect the baby from uh, pertussis because we're seeing more and more whooping cough um, in our younger population. And so anybody else who's around the baby should also have that. Um, we're going to take a moment right now because I have to go to my last break. I got two callers for sure that I see holding on the line, and my people from Ocean Springs and Madison just hang on in there. Dr. Brown, thank you so much for your call. We're going to cut to a break, and we'll come right back for our last segment of the show. Get your calls and emails in, and we're we're going to finish up this talk about uh, immunizations. This is Southern Remedy for Women, and I'm Dr. Michelle Owens. Everyone's watching to see what you do. Everyone's looking at you. Oh. Everyone's wondering who will come out tonight. The new MPB Public Media app is available now. Watch MPB TV, listen to MPB Think and Music Radio, and stay in the know with MPB News. Search for the MPB Public Media app in the App Store and Google Play stores today. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm Peter O'Dowd. Sally Krawcheck was once known as the most powerful woman on Wall Street. Now she started a new business to close the gender investment gap. We're facing a retirement savings crisis in this country, and if you actually dig through the numbers, it is in large part a women's crisis. Sally Krawcheck, next time on Here and Now. Today at noon on MVB Think Radio. MPB Think Radio welcomes a brand new Sunday lineup. The new fan favorite, Backstory with the American History Guys, moves to noon to bring historical perspectives to today's events. At 1, Reveal uses investigative journalism to empower the public about tough issues in our society. Then the moth takes over at 2 and celebrates the art and craft of live storytelling. Catch the new Sunday lineup beginning July 3rd on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to women at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. And we're back. 
Better Remedy for Women. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Owens, and today we are talking about vaccines. Um, this is about the last segment of the show, so please make sure you guys get your calls in if you have any. We got two people who are winning the most patient callers of the segments award. Um, so we're going to go straight to our phone lines and hear from Adam, who's calling from Ocean Springs. Good morning, Adam. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for holding. What's your question? Um, I work for this company that provides flu shots. I've worked for them for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And for the first eight years, I was able to get the flu shot. And I ended up with the flu. But the past two years, I wasn't able to get the flu shot. And I never got the flu. I was just wondering if getting the flu shot caused me to get the flu. So um, typically getting the flu shot does not cause you to get the flu. What I will tell you is that, uh, now the other question that I would have though is what kind of flu shot did you get? Did you get the injection or did you get the, the one that goes in your nose? The injection. Okay. So the injection shouldn't cause you to have any, um, it should not cause you to get the flu. Um, sometimes if you get the one that goes in your nose, you can feel a little kind of under the weather, but it doesn't cause you to have the full-blown flu, but you can feel a little malaise afterwards. Um, mm. So what I would tell you is that that's most likely just coincidental, and it seems kind of crazy that it was coincidental twice and then two times the other way. Um, yeah. But I was one of the unlucky people who the first time that I got a flu shot, I also got really sick shortly after and it was the worst I'd ever felt in my life and I thought that it was related to the flu shot and in actuality it wasn't it was just lousy timing and I was in a hospital um but the flu shot itself doesn't cause you to get the flu there uh I think the the thing that's really important for people to understand is there are different types of vaccines and so some of the vaccines actually are called live attenuated so there's actually live virus in them the flu shot is not like that. The flu shot just contains um, particles that would help the body to identify if the flu virus is actually in our bodies. So because there's not actual virus that's going into your body, it should not cause you to get sick. Anytime that you receive a vaccine, though, that has live virus, there's a possibility that you might not feel as well with that live virus vaccine. But it's never as bad as getting the actual disease. That's kind of one of the things that I was going to talk about in talking about um, the cons of or some of the the risks associated with vaccines is that, you know, it it is artificial uh, mediated type immunity, right? So you're using some artificial mechanism, not exposure directly to a full-blown infection in order to create immunity. And so it's not ever as good as just getting sick with the illness. But who wants to do that? Like if you can get an injection and have a milder uh, experience so that you then are protected for years or, you know, even in some instances for your lifetime. Why not? But it shouldn't be that the flu shot caused you to get the flu. I was just wondering because my wife has cystic fibrosis and she's sick a lot. She's in the hospital a lot. Mm -hmm. I was just wondering if that, you know, having the flu shot and just being around that, type of illness or anything like that with all those germs that's involved Mm -hmm. if it really didn't you know help it at all actually by doing that you probably help to make sure again like the the fact that you were protected from all of the different ones also helped to protect her as well but thanks so much for your call now we're going to go ahead and move to jackie and madison jackie thank you so much for holding and good morning 
Good morning. Um, I, first of all, appreciate meeting you at LML's uh, last week. We had a really good time. It was fun. (laughs) It was fun. And um, uh, my question is, my husband and I are retired. We travel quite a bit. We've had all our immunizations. But I have, un- I understand we did have an pneumonia shot several years ago, um, maybe five years ago. And I understand there's a new pneumonia shot that we should get um, that is advised for people over 60. And I don't really know anything about it, and I'm not sure about it. So that's my question. Are there two pneumonia shots? So, yes, there are. Um, the first is um, called a pneumococcal polysaccharide vaccine. And that one is um, recommended for adults that are 19 to 24 who have certain medical conditions. So if they have kidney disease, lung disease, heart disease, or a weakening of their immune system, it's recommended that they receive one or two of those, uh, two doses of that vaccine um, five years apart. The second one is called the pneumococcal conjugate vaccine. And that is recommended for people who, for whatever reason, don't have their spleen. Um, If they have uh, sickle cell disease and some other problems related to um, ENT issues or the brain, like if they have fluid leaks in there, uh, in the fluid around uh, that bathes the brain and spinal cord, if they have um, cochlear implants and those kinds of things. So that those kinds of things that weaken the uh, immune system, those are the people who are supposed to get that conjugate vaccine. Now, here's the interesting point, and I need people to take this, write this down. If you're 65 or older, it's recommended that you get both of them. So if you're 65 or, old, or older, the recommendations are A, yes, that the, yes, there are two, Jackie, there are two, and you should get both of them once you get to 65 and above. So um, now make sure when you go to your uh, providers that you ask about it. Just ask about the vaccines and ask about what they have available and where. Because the way that they are given, you don't get the two shots at the same time. I think they stagger. The recommendations are that they're staggered. But just know that, yes, you are supposed to. It was a pleasure meeting you as well, and thank you so much for your call. Have a great weekend. Thank you. I'm not sure which shot we've had already, so I guess I need to find that out. Well, if you ask your doctor, they'll be able to tell you, or wherever it was that you received the vaccine, they will be able to tell you which one you did receive, and that way you'll know what you should do next. Wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. Well, we are getting ready to wrap it up. Uh, Thanks so much to our callers for your great questions and comments. And um, this has really been fun, talking about vaccines. Sam, did you learn something? Well, a little bit, yeah. I mean, I you know, I, I didn't really think about it that, uh, you know, you never want to have measles and all that stuff. And you hear about all that, how people have measles now. Yeah. I thought it was gone. It's I remember getting a shot for measles. I'm fine. So, uh, you know, let's uh, make sure everybody's vaccinated. I know. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Southern Remedy for Women is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by generous support from the members of the Foundation for Public Broadcasting in Mississippi. Today's show was engineered by Sam Wells. I'm Dr. Michelle Owens. Join us next Friday at 11 for Southern Remedy for Women. And stay tuned. NPR's Here and Now is next on MPB Think Radio.
This forecast is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Information on how to make good health a family affair is available at bcbsms.com. I want to start off this time around with a forecast for early next week because uh, we are finally in for a change. Now, we have a frontal boundary that's going to be moving in from the north, and it's basically going to settle over the state, and that's going to... 